want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. We really hope you enjoyed your Father's Day just as much as we did at the building. Pastor John took the time out and helped us understand the five characteristics that will help us at not just being good fathers, but even better dads. Let's find out how. Praise God. My son messed me up. If you guys weren't here, I almost was like, that's it. I'm done. It, uh, I'm not taking anything away from any other fathers, but my dad was the greatest man alive. I'm just saying, the greatest man alive. And one of the expectations in my heart is, you know, when you have such a great father in your life, you always want to please him whether he's here with you or not. And that's one thing I'm noticing with my dad is every time I do something, I want his approval. I want my dad just to say I'm proud. And uh, not to be able to hear him say that hurts. But I knew the characteristics of my father so much that when I do something, I know when he would say he's proud of me. Do you catch this? I'm, I'm just, I just want to flow for a minute, if you guys forgive me, but I just really feel this compelled to share this, is that I know my dad so well that I know when he approves of what I do without hearing him say it naturally. So because I know my father very well, I know what to do. I know what will be in his will. I know what's going to please him. I know what he likes. So even though my dad physically isn't here, I know when I do things like stuff around the house or do things with my kids, I know my dad would be able to look at me and go, son, I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you did that. And I want to encourage some of you guys today, not, not just with your natural fathers, but with your heavenly father is a lot of times we do stuff, but we don't know who he is. And because we don't know who he is, we don't know what he would like and what he doesn't like. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't it great to, that we all want to hear our Heavenly Father say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You know, we broke it down as servant, but basically it's son. We all want to hear that. And I just thank God to hear my son, my first Father's Day. That's what I told him today. I said, you made me a father. You're the first one that made me a dad, my eldest, my namesake. And for, hear him, for me to hear him say what he said is, it was such a tremendous blessing. I didn't expect it. My life, in my life, there, I don't think there will ever be a man as great as my father. But to hear your son say these beautiful things about you, I just, I just thank you, son. It was, I'm honored. So today, today, we celebrate Father's Day. Hoy celebramos el día de padre, de papi. See? <laughs> and this week, I just want to tell you guys, I did a lot of dad stuff. I just felt in the dad mood. I, I built the fence, construí una valla, and I unclogged a drain. Why does everybody laugh when I say that? That's dad stuff, right? Right. 
I did my yard and I built a gym. Hizo mi patio y construyo un gimnasio. If you guys want to see pictures, ask me after service. I got them. I got them on my phone. I'm going to show you the fence I built. I'm really proud of myself. But listen, because of this culture that we live in, it seems that most of uh, California is forgetting what a father is. Pero debido a esta cultura en la que vivimos, parece que la mayor parte de California está olvidando lo que es un padre. Yes, sí. Okay. Most of us here think a father is something that we see on TV or we think a father is what we've experienced with our own dads, but God has given us the blueprint for what a father is. And if we don't know how to read that blueprint, we can end up in a lot of trouble trying to father our, our children. Did you guys know what doctors say? Uh, Sabias que los doctores dicen, girls who look for companionship with men will hold to the patterns of good old dad. Las niñas que buscan campeorismo con hombres mantendrán los patrones de bien padre. If fathers were kind, loving, gentle, they will reach for those characteristics in men. Si el padre fue ambale, amoroso y gentil, alcanzará es característica, características en los hombres. Girls will look for in others what they have experienced and what's become familiar at their childhood because they've gotten used to those familiar and historical behavior patterns. They think that they might uh, handle these when they're in relationships. See. I don't know if you men know this or not, but the way that you treat your wives, the way that you treat your daughter, the way that your children see how you react with women is the way that your daughters are going to look for them in another man. So if you're abusive, if you're mean, if you're judgmental, guess what kind of woman, I mean, guess what kind of man your daughter's going to get with? I'm speaking to the men this morning. Now, just, just as a, a precursor so that you guys know, I'm really hard on men. And I just want to let you know today, it might sound a little harsh or a little harsh, but the Bible says that God chastises them, them who he loves. And I love you, but I want to see the church be ran by men. Amen? All right, now, boys, on the other hand, will model themselves after their fathers. Los niños, por otro lado, si madalaran... Seguen sus padres. They will look at, uh, for their father's approval in everything that they do and copy those behaviors that they recognize as both successful and familiar. Buscarán la aprobación de sus padres en todo lo que hacen y copiarán los comportamientos que, que reconocen como existosos y familiares. Thus, if a dad was abusive, controlling, and dominating, those will be the patterns that their sons will imitate and emulate. Por lo tanto, si papa 
fue abusivo, controlado y dominante, esos serán los patrones que sus hijos imitarán y emularán. The boys want to be just like their dads. And if you're an abusive father, the boys are going to be better than you are. I'm not talking about better like not being abusive. They're going to be a better abusive dad. However, if a father is loving, kind, supportive, and protective, boys will be that. Sin embargo, si el padre es amoroso, amable, solidario y protector, los niños querrán serlo. Being a father is easy, but becoming a dad is where the work is. Any man can be a father, but not all fathers will become dads. Pero no todos los padres se convertirán en papi. Some of you may be saying, what's the difference, pastor? Aren't fathers and dads the same thing? No, they're not. I know it's a matter of semantics, but I believe that a father means that you can just make a child. But to become a dad means you must be committed to parenting. Sé que esta es un tema de semántica, pero creo que ser padre de un niño significa que usted hizo un convertirse en un papa. Significa que debe estar comprometido con la so in today's scripture, we're going to look at what the blueprint is for a father, for a papi, for a dad. If you will, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'll start at verse 7. But we were gentle among you, just as nursing mothers cherish her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. You are a witness and God also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now, I truly believe that Paul wasn't trying to tell specifically people to how to be a father, but I believe in this scripture we can find the blueprint for us to be good dads, all right? Dads are, Papa Sung, able to express genuine love. Number one, that's what it is. Papa Sung, capaz de expresar amor genuino. We should be able to express genuine love. The first trait of a father would be the ability to express this love. Now, notice what Paul says in chapter 8. We loved you so much 
if you look in the original language, in the original text, what Paul was basically saying is, we love you so much, there's not words that I could use to express how we care for you. That's tremendous. Paul was saying, look, I love you this much. Paul wasn't talking to a female, and he wasn't talking about the kind of love that America thinks love is nowadays. We are in this place where we think love is a feeling that you get in your gut when you meet somebody nice. Come on, you guys. But the moment that feeling leaves, we're not in love anymore. Can, can I just share a, a statement that I hate to hear? You guys ready? I love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. What kind of ungodly language? Smooey malo, this is bad. That's not love. Love never passes away. Now, listen, I could be in love with you and not like you right now. I didn't hear one man go, uh-huh, amen. You guys are smart. Don't, don't. Yeah, don't fall for it. I'm telling you right now, love is forever. Paul is Paul's speaking of a love that he's saying, I love you so much that I've spent time and I was with you. I can't even find the words to express how much I love you. When's the last time we told our kids that? We might be good at telling our wives, but what about our children? I think that is an important character trait for fathers because loving and expressing love doesn't come naturally for most of us as men. You guys realize that? For women, it's a lot easier. You know, in the Bible, the Bible commands a man, it says, husbands, love your wives. But it doesn't say anywhere for a wife or a woman to love their husband. And I really truly believe it's because love comes natural for a woman. It's just built in them. I think when, when God pulled a woman out of a man, he, he took that part and she, she took it with her. That's why it's natural for y'all. It used to be in us. But you sucked that part of that life out of us when God pulled you out. So now I got to learn how to love, right? But how do I learn how to love? I learn how to love through the Word of God. And, and, and you know, for us as men, we have to learn how to love. I, I love so much that I thought love with my kids, and, and John and Juwan probably don't even remember this, but... Um, when Kai and I got married and the boys would come stay with us and I would just sit there and watch them play. And I thought I was spending time with them. That's, this is how I show I love them. I'm like, here, play. Because that's what dads do, right? Because most of us think we're fathering when we buy diapers. I'm speaking for the, you know, I help raise them. Yeah, shh, don't say anything. I heard you over there. Don't, shh. This is a place of grace. It's a place. But honestly, we get mad at men because that's what men think. I'm about to go on a tangent. Follow me. I'm, I'm saying it because it was me. So I'm not judging anybody. So can I just be transparent? I thought that showing love to my children and taking care of my kids was buying diapers and getting them every other weekend. I thought I was doing my part as a dad. I wasn't. It wasn't until I had a wife that said, that's not love. 
you, love takes time. Love go means getting and interact with them, getting on your knees and playing with them. She began to show me I didn't know how to love until it took somebody that was full of love to show me how to love. So some of you men in here that are dealing with what I'm talking about, I want you to understand something. When your baby's mama is telling that you ain't doing nothing, listen to her. It'll help the relationship between you and your child. I'm not, see, I, I didn't hear any baritones or any tenors just now in the amen. I'm just saying it because I've been there. And I know. Because I want to love my children. I want to show them love so much. But because I have to learn how to love them, somebody has to teach me. And sometimes your teachers aren't always the ones you want. Guys, know if you ever registered at college or if you were ever <laughs> in high school, you like who you got for history? Oh no, you hate the teacher, but the lesson needs to be learned. You know what I'm saying? Last one you want to learn from is your baby's mama, but guess what? She's the professor right now. Let me get back where I was. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, the best story that we know about love is the prodigal son. And we all know about the prodigal son. We, we know that he went out and asked for everything before his dad died. He wanted a blessing. And, and now, listen, we, we hear about the prodigal son, and so many of us are like, you know, that's a great story. But I, I need us to all look that we're familiar with the prodigal son because we've all been that prodigal. Okay? Yeah, we've all been there. Why? We, we knew better than our parents, Right? Parents, if you had kids like that, say amen. Mom, I didn't hear you. You should have been shouting at that point. Parents told us not to, but they didn't know what they was talking about. You're old. I'm young. I'm, we, we do that. We knew better than our parents, so we go out and do stupid stuff. Fall and bump our head. But I, I, I want to explain something. I, I, I want you to notice something important. Uh, note algo importante. El hijo uh, prodigo sintió que podía volver con su papi. La relación puede que nunca se sea la misma, pero sabía que la puerta estaba abierta para él. The prodigal son felt that he can come back to his father. The relationship might not ever be the same, but he knew the door was open to him. This is very important. I want you guys to listen to this. Every dad in here, including a mom, but I need you guys to listen to this. Como lo supo por el amor que su padre la mostró. How did he know? How did he know he could come back? All through this time of raising his son, the father had communicated his love. No matter how far you go, no matter what you do, you can always come home again. That kind of love is vital to communicate to our children. So, the, so what you have to realize, the prodigal son, no matter what he did, he realized that he could go back to his father's house. But some of us as men, sometimes we want to stand our ground because we're the men. We're dad. I'm the chief and the king of this house. And when our kids don't do what we say and they go and they go off and they bump their head because we're so steadfast 
that they're going, I'm not going to go back home because one, I don't want to prove my father right. But if we always, you know, showed our love to them and loved on them, then they're going to know, oh man, I messed up. And you'll be, they'll be like the prodigal son, but how many servants at my father's house have bread enough to spare? I'm going to go back to my dad's house where there was that genuine love. Saints of God, there's one thing I want you to notice, and I know we always look at this story and we look at the prodigal son, but can we take a step back and look at the father? Because the father, the Bible says that he would always stand looking off in the distance waiting for his son just any day. And I think this is a spiritual analogy telling us that he was in a high place. What does that mean? That now we go boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. I believe that he was in a high place, a spiritual place, a place of prayer, a place of prophesying that one day his son will return home. So that's why he wasn't surprised when he looked off in the distance and saw that what he spoke would come true. And he saw his son coming back. Now, this is what I love about the son. He was repenting. He was remorseful. And as he was coming back, he was rehearsing his apology to his father. But his father didn't allow him to get to the house because his father ran out to meet him before he came home. As a father, to love your child so much to meet him halfway, not though he got to come back here and apologize to me. He says, no, I'm going to go out into the street where he's at. And I'm going to meet him halfway. I'm going to love on him. I don't care what he did. I don't care if he lied. I don't care if he stole from me. I don't care who he hit. I don't care what he did. I'm going to love on him because the Bible says that love will rule and outlast everything. So I'll love on him. This is what I love about it. He never got the opportunity to even apologize. Because the father knew, he knew, just he in his spirit that's why he's coming back and he said here I got something for you let me put this coat on you and he gave him a ring and then he had a party because he was at the house turn up you guys that's why we have to make sure that we are a kind of father that lives and that we're able to express genuine love amen number two numero dos A father has to live a transparent life. Una vida transparente. Paul writes in verse 8, We loved you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Now notice that there's a connection between gospel and lives. It's one thing to hear the gospel, but it's another thing to live it. Una cosa es escuchar el evangelio, pero es otra cosa vivirlo. Paul is saying, when we lived among you, we not only told you about the good news, but we modeled it on how we lived. Listen, you guys, we need to, we need to allow our children to see that we're not perfect. We should be quick to admit that when we're wrong, and, we, and when we make mistakes, we cannot set unrealistic expectations for our children that we don't even set for ourselves. I'm going to share a story with you, and I'm going to be transparent as a pastor father. There's a time that my wife, this Father's Day, right? Okay, so I'm just going to tell the truth. 
There was a time that my wife got on my nerves. She made me so mad and she was wrong. I'm, it's Father's Day. I get to say what I want to say. Y'all looking at me like, well, he going to get in trouble. No, it's Father's Day. I can say what I want to say. She'd be wrong most of the time. So, I got a six-pack. Want to see it? Okay, she was wrong, right? And she, I mean, literally, she was just, she was out of pocket. She was, she, she was disrespectful, all kind, disloyal, everything. Now, you guys, you guys need to know I'm putting some on it, all right? So don't be sitting there looking at me sideways. I'm just doing this today because I can get away with it. So out of a spiritual indignation, spiritual indignation, I yelled at her, top of my lungs, okay? Now, let me clear something up. That was not a spiritual indignation. It was my flesh. So I'm here to tell you today, I don't care what anybody does to you, what anybody says to you. You have control of your own self. Don't put any confidence in your flesh. If somebody, I don't care how wrong my wife is or what she does or how wrong I think she is, she does not deserve to get yelled at. I don't have any dogs in my house, so nobody should be raising their voice unless we're cheering for the 49ers. That's all I'm saying. So I yelled at my wife. I mean, yelled at her like a dog. Like a dog. Because I was angry. And I felt disrespected. But it doesn't matter how I felt. I yelled at her. Two wrongs don't make a right. And then when I yelled at her, it hit me that my two youngest children were listening to it. And I, boom. First thing I did is I looked at Kaya wasn't even about the argument anymore because it doesn't matter anymore. I'm the king of my house. I'm going to take the blame. Honey, I'm sorry. I should have never spoken to you like that. You are not a dog. You are not an animal. You did not deserve for me to speak to you like that. Can you, will you please forgive me? It took her a couple of days to say, okay, but eventually she forgave me. Y'all know how you are. Anyway, watch this. So I go over to my son, Judah, and I said, listen, son, I just yelled at your mom, and I never should have spoke to her like that. I never should have yelled at her, raised my voice, and that's not how you treat a woman or your mother or anybody you love. And I'm sorry. Can you find in your heart to forgive me for treating your mom like that? He said, yes, Dad. Then I went over to my daughter. I said, honey, I'm sorry. I was a bad example of a man and a husband. I should have never spoken to your mom like that, and I disrespected her, and I disrespected you. Can you forgive me for speaking to your mom like that? I'll never do it again. She's like, yes, Dad. See, what I realized is if I don't live a transparent life, if I didn't apologize to my children, I'm teaching my son how to treat his wife. See, if my son sees me disrespecting my wife, then guess who else is going to disrespect her? He is. And then when he goes and finds a woman, he's going to be a better disrespecter than I am. I might be yelling, but he's going to be hitting. Then I go to my daughter, and I had to realize also with my daughter, if, if I didn't explain to my daughter that this behavior is wrong, she's going to find a man that's better than me. Not just a man that's going to yell at her, but maybe a man that's going to put his hands on her when things don't go right and think it's okay. 
See, because they learned from me, because of my transparency, because I didn't look at it and go, well, you was wrong, honey. Listen, son, anytime a woman gets, gets, disrespects you, you make sure you check her and put her in her place. No, that's not right. I've never had God yell at me. I'm his bride. He's never yelled at me when I did wrong, when I was disrespectful, when I opened up my mouth and said the wrong thing, when I was disobedient, when I didn't submit to his authority. God never looked at me as my heavenly father and dogged me and yelled at me and nothing. He just looked at me and loved on me. When he chastised me, he chastised me gently. We have to live lives that we don't give expectations to our children that they can't achieve, especially if we're not doing it ourselves. Saying to God, let me help you out. Just let me, just on a, on, maybe on a father tip and on a Christian tip. Too many times we set expectations for ourselves that when we don't reach them, we just stop altogether. We won't even try anymore. Listen, listen you guys, everybody knows the story about King David, right? The beginning of David, when David was anointed and he was going out to, to, uh, to, to bring food to his brothers and he's going out there and, and he's looking at his brothers and they're all cowarding and all the soldiers of God and the, children, the, the, the soldiers of Israel are all sitting there cowarding and there the stands off in the distance, a giant named Goliath who is sitting there and he's talking bad about all of Israel. And then David's like, wait a minute, you know, everybody knows David, he's just a boy, he's just a kid. And he's like, listen, man, he's like, who is this unheathenistic Philistine who sits down and talks about the children of God? Today I'll have your head. You guys know the story, right? And every time we read that story and we hear that story, what do we see? We try to put ourselves in the place of David. Man, I'm going to be just like David. But the fact is, David went out and he destroyed. He had five smooth stones, swung it, one throw, kills the giant, cuts the head off. He's heroic. And we always see ourselves as David. But then when a giant comes in our lives and we try to get that one of those five smooth stones and we throw it and it misses the giant. And the giant comes and it attacks us and we give in to that giant in our life, that stronghold, that generational curse. Every, we just give in to him. We go, man, I've failed. It's because you set yourself up for an unrealistic expectation. Let me help you out, saints. None of y'all are David. You are those cowarding soldiers that didn't want to fight the giant. David was Jesus Christ who came in our place, who came in and slayed the giant force. All, we were the ones that needed a savior. You better realize who you are. Israel needed a savior, and David showed up and didn't even put on all the armor that men had on. He didn't dress like a king. He came in and, and came in and saved the day. So if we start seeing ourselves as a person, I just need Jesus. I'm just trying to make it through. I need a David to come kill this giant in my life. We will not set unrealistic expectations in our lives and continue to fail. So if we don't want it for us, let's not set them for our children. Praise God. Number three, we need to have an unselfish diligence. Paul says, you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship, we work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. Paul was sitting here saying, he's like, listen, I need you guys to understand, I'm trying to set a work ethic for all of you, not to be a burden on anybody around you. Fathers, our kids need to see us be hard workers. 
Okay, thank you, ladies. Is it Mother's Day? Y'all men about to upset me here. You guys awake? Okay, I need to start hearing some more, because if not, I'm going to stay up here for another two hours, and that barbecue you thought you was going to eat at 1 o'clock ain't going to happen. There you go. I'm talking to you men. I'm talking to you dads in here. We need to set a work ethic for our children. Come on. Now, now listen, now, now, like myself, because I'm a pastor and this is what I do, you know, getting up and meeting people is one thing, but my son, who I'm really looking at, I want him to know that this is actually work. It's work. I don't sit around in my bed until, you know, 9 o'clock because I don't have a job and then sit out in the garage or do something all day until I got an appointment. I want my, my kids see me getting up and working. So personally, for me, I do work around the house. Like, I, I don't know, did I tell you guys I built a fence? Did I say that? I made a gym, too. Clogged a drain. I did that. Yes. Man stuff. You got, that's dad stuff right there. Either you think you guys are laughing, but I made sure I let my son know. Look, look what dad did. Come here. Come here. Look at this. Look at this. I'm running around. I was running around. Some of y'all know. I was showing pictures, showing y'all pictures of the fence that I made. I was like, look at that right there. Fence. Made it. I was sitting, I was texting Carlos a bunch of the pictures. Like, Carlos, hey, look. <laughs> Papa was outside with me, patting me on my back. He said, you did that. I was like, I did, didn't I? Did good. But you show your kids that they'll develop a work ethic. But if you're not up and working, don't expect your kid to get up and never work. Oh, my gosh. There's so many of us as men, you guys. Listen, I don't care if you're on disability. Find something to do. My God, I'll tell you what. If you ain't got a job and you're on disability and you can't find nothing to do, call me. Call Tony. We'll find something for you to do around the church. And you can bring your son with you. It's summertime. <laughs> Not only that, listen, we have to create, we have to make sure that they see us as workers, but also give them opportunities to work. Chores is a blessing from God. Can I get an amen? You guys taking out the garbage every day. We, we've lost that. We have lost that as a culture here, especially in California. I don't know what's going on. I ask kids, kids want to get allowance but not do any work. What, what, what? It's the welfare mentality. It, it is. It's like, you know, it's like, Dad, when do I get an allowance? It's when when you going to start taking out the trash without me telling you? Can you keep your room clean? In our house, we have posted on the wall next to scriptures what the kids have to do every day when they wake up. Yeah, and if they don't, guess what? It's just like, if you don't work, you don't eat. We're teaching them as, as parents, but also as a father. I have to make sure that the kids are responsible so that when they grow up, they're, they're adults that contribute to society, adults that contribute, especially to the house of God. Amen. Number four, we have to have as dads a genuine spirituality. Paul says, you are witnesses, and so is God on how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. Now, notice what he said. First of all, we preach the gospel of God to you. Secondly, you are a witness of how we live. We lived holy, righteous, and blameless lives among you. Our behavior was influenced by what we believed about Jesus. 
God has commissioned dads to be spiritual leaders, and you're the spiritual leader of your home, whether you realize it or not. You will either lead your family closer to God or further away. Gentlemen, what are you betraying in your house? Are you doing, look, if, if you are all holy in everything here at church, and then go home in something else, your kids see it. Don't think you're hiding it from them. They see it. You're here going, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. God is good. You do that here, but then you go home, and then it's a whole different thing. Your kids see that. And see, what that does, it causes confusion. And then with confusion, brings rebellion. You guys realize, you know, some of your kids are out of control. It isn't that they have behavioral problems. They're just confused at how you're acting, Dad. You're telling me to do one thing, but you do something else. When you cause that confusion in your children, your children end up being rebellious. It's not about, listen, I'm, you guys, it's not about what you tell your kids. It's more about what you show your kids. See, our, as spiritual leaders, we need to be doing something spiritual, not just in church, but also at home. What I love so much about our, our, our family is that my kids know that the, how dad is up here on stage is how dad is at home. I'm the same person. My daughter the other day, this is not, this is not a lie, my daughter comes to me and she says, Dad, her eye was really red all, all night before and all, all morning. And I think my wife said something to her about pink eye, and she was, you know, she was like, oh, my God, I got a pink eye she, like, like she had cancer or something. She, and she was all sad. And I'm sitting down. She came and sat on my lap. And she goes, Dad, can you lay hands on me and pray for me? I, I think I have pink eye. I said, okay. So I laid hands on her, and I put my hand over her eye, and I said, Jesus, we thank you right now for the faith of a child. And in the name of Jesus, she is healed. And she took my hand off her. She opened up her eye. I was still red. A couple hours later, it wasn't red anymore. She comes to me, she goes, Dad, look at my eye. Jesus healed me. Watch. I know it sounds funny. Some of you guys are like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. But you know what? Because the spirituality we do at church, we do at home also. And it wasn't my faith that healed her. I believe it was her faith that she learned from her mother and her dad. So what are we doing? Are, are we, what we're doing in church needs to be what we're doing at home. Listen, so if you come to church and you carry your Bible and you look very pious on Sundays, but you never open your Bible at home, your kids are going to know. If you pray and worship at church and not at home, your kids are going to know. Amen? Okay, number five, as I bring this to a close. A dad has a positive influence. A dad has a positive influence. Un papi tiene, tiene una influencia positiva. Finally, there is a trait of positive influence. Paul writes, for you know that we dwelt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. That is what a father does, he encourages and he comforts and he urges his children to live lives worthy of God. And it's all positive. 
but not every dad is a positive influence. Listen, guys, I just want to share something with you, dads. Do you realize that you may think you're positive to your kids, but just because you think you're positive doesn't mean you're being positive. Let, let me help you out. I'll just give you a really weird analogy. You got a tree, has apples on it. And you go and talk to the tree. Hey, tree, what kind of tree are you? He's like, I'm an orange tree. We're like, well, you got apples. No, I'm an orange tree. But you got apples. You know, the Bible says that you'll know a tree by its fruit. So I don't care if you think that you're positive. I look at the fruit. Your fruit is your children. And if you're a positive, a positive influence to your children, I'm going to see it in your children, not in what you say. So we need to look at our children. Sometimes we need to sit back and go, are my children being like me? Because if my children are being like me and, and I'm not liking the way my children are acting, maybe I need to look at how I'm acting. Positive influence. Do you know on the average, for every 10 positive words, I'm, you know, I mean, for every one positive word that we say to our child, that we say 10 negative things. That's an average for dads. Sometimes we tell kids, hey, you know, you're doing good. I, I like that. But we always tell them how bad they're doing. But we don't celebrate how good they're doing. You guys hear what I'm saying? It's, it's like this. You know, your kids will do all their chores. They do everything they're supposed to do, and you don't even acknowledge them. But the moment they forget to do a chore, you blow up. And it's going to take you to say 10 positive things to even make up for that one negative thing. If my son Judah does everything he's, he's supposed to do, and I go, man, what is wrong with you when he does something wrong? What is wrong with you? And then I go, come here, son. I'm, I love you, son, but I don't know. What are you thinking? He didn't even hear I love you. He's going to walk away going, I disappointed dad. I'm not even smart. See, we have to be a positive influence to speak life over our kids. I got, I got one more story. I got one more heaven story for you. I, this is a good one. I, I just have to share this. So the other night, Kaya had wrote down a bunch of math questions for heaven to get her ready for next year. And she did some of them that were real good, but she got to some that she had never done before, and she didn't even want to try it. So I'm sitting there explaining to her how to do it, and she's not even paying attention, probably because I'm not a video. So, so I give her the paper, and, and she, I can't do it. So I got upset with her. And I was like, okay, uh-uh. It's not how it works. I said, you need to pay attention. You need to listen. She looked at me, of course, you know, tears in her eyes. She's all upset. She's like, but Dad, I don't know how to do it. I said, you can try. So I sent her off. Next day, early in the morning, she comes and jumps on my bed. The paper that my wife wrote on, I could tell it had been crumbled up. But she had undid it, and she did every problem on the paper and got every one of them wrong. I looked, not only did she write numbers that were wrong, but I see how she came up with the numbers. And I said, wow, honey, they're wrong, but I'm so proud of you. She's like, why, Daddy? I got them all wrong. I said, because you tried. And anytime you try, I'm proud of you trying. 
I said, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is not trying. But mom, mom said, I failed. Mom said, I said, no, 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 no. This is the difference. Last night, you didn't pay attention, and you just wrote something down. That's not trying. I said, I could tell you were trying by the work that you put in. And when I see that you did work, I'm proud of you. You didn't get it right, but let me show you the right way. Let me take some time to show you how to do it right. Listen, saints, the Bible says this about us. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith, without, faith is work. Without works is dead. So there has to be work in it. So if you're doing something and you're doing it by faith, even though you're doing it wrong, it still pleases our God because you did it by faith. You guys with me? So if God, if God is pleased, we should be pleased with our children. We need to reward at least the effort. They don't have to get it right, but let's reward the effort. Oh, wow, you didn't get it right, but you know what? You, you did really good this time, but let me show you. Let me teach you. And that's what we have to do for our kids. We have to sometimes, you know, stop always telling them don't and you can't and stop and no. We have to be more positive in the way that we speak to our children. We could change the whole personality of our relationship with our children if we just learn to be positive, uh, be a positive influence and, and, and influence them in more positive ways. So I want to speak something to the fathers today. I was a little harsh on you today. So all the dads that are in here, I want you to stand up. Come on, don't be scared. Levantate. Stand. Now, ladies uh, and, 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 and kids that are in here that are clapping, can you do me a favor? Can you at least celebrate them a little bit better than that? Thank you. See, some of you right now are like, aren't really clapping because you're like, these dudes, this guy's hopeless. That's what it meant. I'm serious. I mean, when they stood up, y'all didn't clap that hard, so that's what that meant. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Your actions, remember, you know them by the fruit, and you're like, this dude, I mean, you know, you told him to stand, you're like, yeah, go on and stand, Dad. See, that's your fault because maybe you need to be being more prophetic and speaking prophetic words over them see right now by faith you could be celebrating because oh a pastor might be pastor might preach a word right here or, or speak something over them it's going to change their lives listen i got a gift for you because to let you guys know that you're dads you are dads all right you guys yeah all the dads go ahead and get your dads root beer orange cream soda, and regular cream soda. But you guys, listen, the Lord hath anointed this drink. I'm, I'm being serious. God anointed it. So watch, this is what's going to happen. When you guys go home after you refrigerate it, he wants this cold. God's going to remind you of the man of God that you are. It's like drinking living water. So as you drink it, 
what the Lord's going to do for you is begin to just, as you're pouring it into yourself, you're going to remember that he's going to tell you, he says, listen, you are the king, the priest, and the prophet. You are going to love on your children. You're going to be transparent. You're going you're gonna, to um, influence them in a positive way. You're going to love them unconditionally. You're going to be genuine in your spirituality, and, and you're going to have an unselfish diligence towards them. You guys, listen, you may not be adding up to everything that I said, but today is the day for change. Today is the day that you become a better father, a better dad. And if you're here today and, and maybe you're having a hard time with Father's Day because of the father that you, might, might, that you had wasn't such a good dad, I want to challenge you today. And listen very carefully. And this goes for everybody, not just you men standing up. If your father's still alive and he wasn't a very good dad, you still need to honor him for who he is. God called us to be vessels of honor. He said he made some for honor and some for dishonor. But as Christians, we are vessels of honor. I want to challenge you today to call or go see your father and say, Dad, happy Father's Day, and thank you for being who you were to me. Don't say anything else. If he wants to talk or whatever, you talk. But at that point, if you honor them for what they are, they brought you into this world. They fathered you. They might not have treated you well or do, but I, this is what I can promise you. If you become a vessel of honor and honor that man for who he is in your life, every hurt, every negative thing that was said, every touch that wasn't permitted, God will heal that instantly. But it depends upon you. It depends upon you to honor him for who he is. Amen. Now, this is what I want you to do. If you're standing next to him, a, a, a dad, I want you to reach over to him. I want you, we're going to pray for him right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for every father, every dad that is in this place. Lord, we thank you that you have anointed them for such a time as this that you will continue to pour out your love upon them. But, Lord, I pray that they are able to turn around and show that same love, that same compassion that you have shown us. They can turn and show it to their children. So, Lord, we thank you for that right now. Lord, we thank you that you can erase and you have erased every bad thing that we've ever done, things that we thought and out of our own mind. You said that there are ways that seem right to a man, but the end is therefore is death. So today we acknowledge that we haven't been doing it your way. We thank you for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in our parenting, God. God, we thank you that you are showing us and teaching us how to be good, good fathers just like you. God, I also want to pray right now for the healing for those that are here who never had a father in their life. I thank you, Lord, that even right now that you are showing and bringing fathers to come into a firm to build, Lord, uh, to build them up, Lord, to, to say that I'm proud of you, son. And I thank you for that. I come against the spirit right now of, of, um, of being an orphan, that orphan spirit right now, Lord, that you are our Abba Father, a Father that adopts us, and we thank you for that right now. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys give God a praise. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast, but we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today, or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.